Hi Angel, welcome back to another episode of the Holistic Honey Podcast. I am so glad you're here. This is your safe and soulful space to plug in and explore all things mental, emotional, energetic, and spiritual well-being and healing. This is a space where self-belief, your full potential, and your main character energy are going to become your norm and your non-negotiable. Are you ready? Let's get into it. Welcome back, legend. So glad you were here and so excited for today's conversation. If you really kind of loved the idea of me talking more about spirituality, intuitive abilities, all of that juiciness, which I have promised in the past few episodes, you are going to love today's discussion. I'm speaking with the beautiful Cass who is a spiritual teacher and a psychic, and she is fucking incredible to say the least. I had such a beautiful time connecting with her. I was also on her podcast as a guest, so I'll link that below. But today we are going into all things developing your intuitive and psychic abilities, and we're talking about how spirituality and business also marry up. And it's really crazy because ever since I started to open up more to this path and really start to honor my own spiritual, intuitive, psychic abilities and gifts and really kind of weaving this into my business and make it, I guess, more at the forefront of my business. It's been crazy how aligned things have been feeling and I've been attracting a lot of new clients in the mentorship space that are wanting more help with developing I guess their spirituality and their connection to their intuitive gifts and marrying this into their business so they can start to fucking make money, right? We're not here to give away our shit for free. Like if we have something that is going to be of service to the world um, and we think that this is something that is going to change lives, we know this is something that's going to change lives. If we can learn how to make money from it, be, um, you know, create an impact, be of service. Like this is so fucking beautiful, right? You have these gifts for a reason. So we're going to be talking about this um, within the chat, which we'll get to in a second. Before we jump into it, I just want to highlight a way that you can work with me in a self-paced capacity. If this is something that you're wanting to lean into, you want to enhance your intuitive gifts and master, I guess, some spiritual practices. You would have heard me talk about my Oracle cards, right? It is one of the spiritual practices that is so at the forefront of my business. Every single client session I have, I'm always pulling some cards and using it as guidance, even for myself in my own journey. So I have got a three-part self-paced masterclass called Angel Cards and Angel Energy. So again, this is empowering you to enhance your intuitive gifts and master your angel cards or oracle cards. So if you are someone that maybe has an oracle deck or you've got a few, but you're kind of like not knowing where to start or how to get the most out of this practice, this three-part masterclass is perfect for you. It's also perfect if you've already got some experience with cards, but you're wanting to enhance your knowledge and improve the quality and the accuracy of your readings. If you're wanting to learn how to intuitively read cards for yourself and even to empower others and read for others, it's also really good for that. So it's kind of for all levels. And if you're excited to just incorporate card readings into your own soul business to help you guide clients or even just 
for shits and gigs because we just want to develop our intuition. Whatever level you are at, this self-paced program is perfect for you. So it is broken up into three modules. So module one is the foundations and it's really kind of back to basics. We learn about where to start different readings and card spread methods and the important tips and tricks for enhancing your practice. In session two, it is all about the intuition, right? So enhancing your connection to your intuition and your intuitive abilities and unlocking the flow of intuitive guidance. So no longer relying on the guidebook, right? Which is the best part. And learning the questions to actually ask for clearer, richer reading. So that's session two. And in the final session, session three, it is all about interpretation. So exploring using imagery and intuition to actually read your cards for both yourself and for others and learning how to get creative and have fun with your spreads, which is what it's all about. It doesn't need to be serious. It doesn't need to be scary. It's such a beautiful thing. And you'll hear us talk about this in the podcast with Cass. Everyone is intuitive. Everyone is psychic. It is just tapping into it and learning, I guess, how to tap into it, right? So really angel cards and angel energy, the three-part masterclass is such a beautiful place to start. I will leave the information in the show notes, but let's get into this discussion because I'm so, so, so excited for you to hear this one. Cass, hello. I'm so happy to have you here. How are you doing? I am so excited to have this chat, honestly. Pumped. So pumped. And as per usual, before I hit record, we have just big old chats beforehand. So mm-hmm. I, I kind of was like, fuck, we actually haven't even hit record and we're practically talking like it should be yeah. on a podcast. But anyway, I am so excited for today's episode because I had a little bit of a break from recording my podcast. And what came through during this break was how I want to start to talk more about, I guess, my intuitive and psychic abilities and my connection to my spirituality. I feel like it's something I kind of just pushed to the side, didn't talk about much, that whole Mm -hmm. shebang. So (laughs) who better to have um, on this call? So you are a spiritual teacher and a psychic. Please Mm. tell us a bit more about yourself, your your journey to where you've kind of from then till now um, and the work that you do. Mm, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So hi, everyone. My name is Cass. And yeah, as Lauren said, I'm a spiritual teacher and a psychic. I have, well, I started out just being a life coach um, and then just kind of like went through a pretty spontaneous spiritual awakening, which just shifted my life coaching into the more kind of like spiritual space. And then I just, again, spontaneously went into this kind of like psychic realm. I didn't even realize it to begin with. I just felt really called to reading tarot. I had never even had a tarot reading before. I just felt this deep urge inside of me of like, you have to buy these cards. And I just started reading them. And before I knew it, I didn't need the cards and it was just pure intuition sort of coming through. So but I look back at my at my childhood and there were so many signs to sort of show me that I was already gifted. And I just think this is a very natural and organic progression for me. And so, yeah, these days, you know, my passion really lies, you know, in the spiritual teacher kind of lens of just 
helping people raise their consciousness, just become more conscious human beings so that I think my more bigger message really is about elevating the collective consciousness so we can just have a better fucking world Um, because, you know, there's some downsides to it right now. (laughs) Um, And I I love still having that psychic lens throughout who I mean, because it's just who I am and raising your consciousness will just naturally bring in your psychic gifts. Cause like, that's honestly what's happened to me. Um, so I hope that more people can kind of like go through this natural journey. Like I have, because yes, I'm psychic and I do the readings and all of that, but I also just naturally am just tapped into the psychic field at all times. I can tell, um, when someone's coming home, I knew that Lauren wanted to talk about particular topics. They dropped into my awareness last night. Like I can know when a friend needs to, you know, when a friend needs me or whatever, because I'm just sort of like tapped into that field. So it, Mm -hmm. for me really becomes this like beautiful way of being that allows me to navigate, um, a really conscious life, which I love. I love that. And something you mentioned that I really love and I want to touch on is before you even knew, I guess, what was happening and you had this this awakening, you were having what I like to call those inner nudges to kind of like buy those cards or move in a certain direction. And I can relate to that even before I started my business. I used to collect certain books and cards and crystals and all of that stuff. And I'm like, I don't know what this is needed for now, but I know that like I can feel that this is this next chapter is unfolding. So you also mentioned, I guess, in childhood, there was things, I guess, now looking back that make total sense. So I hear this a lot with a lot of my clients who are wanting to tap into their their spiritual intuitive gifts that it's kind of like, okay, this shit makes total sense now that I look back. So talk to me a little bit about your childhood and those signs. Uh, Yeah, well, I used to see spirits like all the time, which is really, really common, especially for like kids between the ages of like zero and seven. Like we just, we're at a higher frequency then. Like this is where being psychic and tapping into the psychic field really is just about, is about having a higher vibration that you kind of like sit at. And when we're younger, we are at a higher frequency. Um, That's why you'll notice a lot more kids are remembering their past lives or being like, there's mom, like there's someone there. And that was like, no, there's not. Um, So yeah, I saw a lot of um, spirits and stuff as a child, which it never scared me, which I I think is really, I was just literally never scared. I was like, oh, that's totally normal. Um, But again, I just had a lot of different nudges within myself as well. Like you said, like you just feel that that pool. And so when I, when I, again, just had this like spiritual awakening and sort of like 2019 and felt that pull to go towards tarot, there was never a part of me that was scared because mm-hmm. it just felt so natural and it felt like who I was and what I was supposed to do. Yeah. And it's that coming home to self, like it's just this real authentic feeling. And I love that you mentioned you weren't scared of it when like you were seeing spirits and everything. I um, just today I actually recorded an episode with the beautiful Emma Vanessa and we were talking about, we love her, mm-hmm. <laughs> God bless. Um, but we were chatting about all this stuff and I said to her that the other day I was starting to think like, why have I always been so connected to spirit and so drawn to this? And I kind of realized that early on when I was younger, I 
from a very young age had quite a bit of death around me and that experience of death mm. and eating, understand it, but also then feeling that connection to, well, then what happens after and how are they still with me and I still feel their presence and having them come through as angels and spirit guides and all that sort of stuff. So talk to me a little bit about, I guess, where you're at with um the connection to spirit guides, your spirit team. A lot of people mm. have different connections and it might be guardian angels. Talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, I've worked with spirit guides and even kind of like higher dimensional beings. But I've come to more of a point within my journey of just looking at anything outside of me as being spirit or the universe because it's all the same. Mm. It's all me. And I think that there was a lot of like, okay, what, who did, or who just, who just gave me that message or who's there kind of speaking to me, you know, within my own spirit team. And so I, I will just, and, and anyone who's, you know, maybe listens to my podcast or is any of my programs and stuff will just hear me say spirit, right? Mm. Because to me, it's just something external. Mm. Mind you, like, again, I'm also, a, I also am um, a psychic medium. So I will have, you know, past people either come through for a reading or my own and I can I can feel and know a difference between their energy mm-hmm. um but I think that what I've noticed within the spiritual community is that unfortunately some people can get very very attached to their spirit guides to their spirit team and they give so much of their fucking power away to them mm-hmm. so I've spent less energy sort of talking into that and making it part of who I am because I'm just like spirit is me. I am spirit. We are all the same, et cetera, et cetera. Um, if they're speaking to me, then I'm just kind of like connecting to the universal consciousness on a deeper level. Mm. I don't care who it really comes from. Yes. Yeah. And I love that you said, um, yeah, not kind of giving away your power because often sometimes I do see that reliance and it's almost like I need to wait to tap in or I need to wait for this to come to me when we're always so if we are in tune, um, we're always Mm. connected, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I only quit my job because my spirit guides gave me a sign. So like, and, and I was very, like that was 2021, right? So I was very reliant at that point of, okay, I've got to connect with my guides. They've got to give me the next step, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But then again, I was, I, I felt myself going, but like, why do I need that? Why do I need to have that sign from the universe? Like if it feels right for me, then I should just fucking do it. I should action it rather than waiting for something externally to kind of like give me the go ahead. Um, so I think, yeah, that, that it's just felt so much more empowering for me to kind of do it this way. Mm, absolutely. And Obviously, as a spiritual teacher, you would, I imagine, mentor other women who are wanting to or who are experiencing, um, you know, that connectedness and they're wanting to do something about it, lean into it. Mm. Um, What do you see the most of, like, in the early stages? Because, I mean, for myself, I often see this push and pull between the connection to the intuition and then the the mental chatter and the logical mind kicking in being like trying to rationalize it, right? I call it the tennis match between the two. So for mm. anyone that's wanting to start to tap into their intuition and their psychic abilities, what would you suggest? I am constantly telling people that your head, like your mind is fucking useless. Just cut it off. 
<laughs> right? It's literally useless. So uh, for me, when I'm when I'm mentoring or, or teaching someone, it's like drop into your body. Yeah. Right. Feel what's in your body. Right. Your intuition is inside of you. It's going to land in you. You're going to feel it within you. The moment that you feel the energy sort of start to buzz up inside your head and then that fear sort of comes in, you know that your logical mind's trying to take over mm. and that's useless right? Mm. The intuition is going to be felt. It's going to be known. Yes, it can be heard and seen, but it's you're going to with practice. The analogy that I kind of use is the fact of like, you've got to turn, you've got to turn the dial down on that logical mind in the ego and turn the dial up on the intuition, which again, it just takes time. You know, when you start to, one of the things I'm always getting people to do is like, just start out small. You know, for me, it's like when I wake, when I'm when I have nothing to do on the day, I'm like, hey, what do I want to do today? And I tap into my intuition and I start to feel it. And I could end up, you know, doing something so out of the ordinary, but my intuition guided me there and I have an amazing conversation or I end up with this amazing download because I followed my intuition and I went where I was supposed to go rather mm. than thinking I felt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a huge difference, but often people, are, well, I mean, I think a lot of us are in this fast-paced world where there's more emphasis placed on the logical mind and the Mm. thinking and the doing, right? Um, But I love that you said, you know, even just starting small and practicing with one thing my intuition is going to lead me to do. And it's crazy Mm. what ends up coming. Like you said, the conversations you have with someone or, you know, a certain opportunity that comes up. And you mentioned um, a little bit about like where the intuition might come out of in regards to we might hear something, we might visualize something. So let's mm. talk about the four clairs of intuition. We love this. And this is what you knew. Like, <laughs> yeah, I was so, I was like, I don't know, it was like sometime last night. I was like, oh, okay, I've got to memorize the clairs. I feel like Lauren's going to want to talk about this. <laughs> um, but I'm going to throw a spanner in the works and say there's actually six because there's probably two that aren't quite as well known. Mm. And I just want to kind of emphasize to everyone, I was sort of saying this, saying this to Lauren at the before we were recording. This is these, these are um things that you can tap into that you can enhance, right? When I first started out, I was I was claircognizant and then I was clear, and I've just made my way kind of like strengthening it more and more and more. So the most common one that's that's most known is clairvoyance. Okay. So clairvoyance refers to clear seeing. So this means that you can see energy, you can see spirit, whatever that is. Now, what most people get confused about is the fact that they think that they're going to see somebody standing physically in front of them, or they're going to have visions that, you know, I think unfortunately, like, you know, TV and movies makes makes it seem like it's something that it's not. So with clairvoyance, it's the way that I explain it to people is that it looks like there's a sort of like a a movie screen playing behind your eyes. So you can still sort of see what's physically in front of you, but there's another screen sort of playing there. Mm. Don't get me wrong. Like I said, when I was a child, I saw spirits and there's definitely at times like when I just see something out of the corner of my eye and I'm like, okay, that was... That was something, Um, but I'm cool. I'm just like, yo, leave me alone. So you can see it out there, but more commonly, it's just going to feel like it's a movie screen playing behind you. Mm. Um, 
The next one, claircognizance. So another very common one, claircognizance basically means clear knowing. Okay. So with clear knowing, it's not like someone's whispered in your ear, right? This is just like, you feel it inside of you. Like this is the fucking truth. Okay. For me, this always feels like it's literally dropped into my body. Like, boom, this is my truth. Okay. But again, it's going to feel different for everyone. So again, it's just about sort of like practicing and starting to really play with it. The next one that is a really common one as well is clairsentient or clairsentience. And this one is clear feeling. So this is probably a really strong one that I use in readings for people because I will actually physically kind of like energetically put myself in that person's body and feel what they're experiencing. I will often maybe even like feel someone touch me, um, even just like temperature changes and stuff like that. It also can just come down to emotions. Like you just emotionally feel what someone's experiencing. I can be doing a reading and want to cry because I'm emotionally feeling right that what that person has experienced. So this in a sense is like, empathy, right? Just like on fucking steroids. Okay. Um, the next one that's another really common one is clairaudience. So clairaudience is clear hearing. So this will literally feel like or sound like someone's whispering or, or talking into your ear. There's going to be a very prominent voice that's not your own internal monologue inside of your head. Okay. That's one actually that I really don't have much of. So again, this is what I mean. Like I have a lot of these gifts and I tap in and out of them, but some people are going to be really strong in others and others not. Then the two that aren't as commonly sort of spoken about are Claire Alliance which is clear smelling. So this will be, and I, I I have this gift myself. It's very, very rare though, but I'll just smell something. And it's like, that's weird. That's not a smell around me. Who am I smelling or what am I smelling? So when I was younger and I didn't realize this at the time, but in high school, I would always drive past on the bus, this like nursing home. And I would not always, maybe every couple of months smell gingerbread. And I reckon that someone had died there who loved gingerbread and just randomly, I would just get this whiff on the bus. Mm. Like, and I'm just like, at the, I, I was like, what the fuck is happening? Like, I didn't know. I was like a kid. Yeah. But looking back, I'm like, oh, I was tapping into something. Yeah. It was their um, association to that space. Yeah. Yeah. Something, yeah. right? Um, and then the last one is Claire Gustinance. Yeah, that's that's how you pronounce this one's a little tricky. <laughs> this one's taste. This one's all about clear taste. So again, it's very similar to smelling, where like you'll just taste this random thing and it'll just be like again, maybe someone who has passed will be coming in and they loved, I don't know, chocolate or hopefully something tasty, not something disgusting. You'll taste that thing. Um, and it's just you energetically tapping into that energy. So they're the six Claire types. And like I said, you can work at this. For me, clairvoyance was not something that I was strong with, but I worked on being able to actually visualize stuff in my mind more. And so then I was able to actually tap into that frequent, that higher frequency um, and, you know, yeah, be more clairvoyant than I naturally was to begin with. Yeah. Thank you. And that was an absolute spanner in the works, adding the two, because I actually did not know about them. I guess I have heard of them before, but I didn't know there was an actual name to them. Mm. But I guess what's interesting is we can try and pigeonhole ourselves into one of them or a few of them. But like you said, I think at the start is 
I often say this, a lot of people put themselves in this box of like, I'm not that intuitive. I'm not that Mm. spiritual. I'm not psychic. And I personally, and I'd love to get your opinion. I think everyone has the ability to tap into this. It's just a matter of, um, yeah, opening themselves up to this. Everyone is psychic. This is probably one of the biggest things I've always tried to drive home in my work. And that is the fact that like, humans, we are actually just naturally psychic or intuitive beings. And it's just a matter of whether or not we allow ourselves to be tapped into that. Like there are going to be so many instances throughout your day that you currently dismiss as just coincidence that are actually you intuitively receiving something through. Yesterday I was sitting in my bedroom and I, my dad just randomly popped into my awareness and I thought to myself, he must be home right? Within about five seconds, I heard his like truck back into the driveway, right? That's me literally energetically feeling him being like, oh, he's here. Right. Mm. And to me, that's me being intuitive. That's me being psychic. Mm. It's just that I've continued to hone in on this so I can be like, oh, that's not just a random coincidence. That's me being tapped into the energy that's around me. Yeah, absolutely. And I find it really interesting, um, the dream side of things as well, because a lot of people are like, you know, it's really weird. I started having this dream about this person, haven't thought about them in ages. This happens to me all the time. And then, you know, what do we know the next day they reach out to us, an old flame Mm. or whoever. Um, I have had really hectic premonitions before. Um, Mm -hmm. So, really vivid like I don't really ever get nightmares or anything like that but I've had dreams before that are super fucking intense and then the next day or a week later it's like okay there it is talk to us a little bit about dreams and how I guess um the claircognizance the all the clairs could potentially come into dream form Mm. Well, you've just reminded me of the fact that I used to have a lot of dreams as a child that ended up being premonitions. So yes, mm-hmm. thank you. It, it's, it is definitely very, very common. Um, again, like there's, there's sort of like, in my opinion, two sides to this, like talking about when you have a dream about somebody and then you, they, they, you know, maybe reach out or you meet them the other day. I just feel like what's really happening there is there's obviously some type of energy exchange happening where you're calling each other in, into Mm. your reality to obviously play something out the next day or those coming days or whatever. Um, But I think as well, like, Oh God, I could talk forever on dreams. You know, uh, what's happening when we're sleeping? Like, are we are we astral projecting, which is a big thing for me? So, are we going into another realm? Are we then, because we've experienced something in that other astral plane, are we enjoying it so much that we want to bring it into this reality? Like, fuck, we could go so deep on this topic. I love um, <laughs> right? I fucking I froth this stuff. But again, this I think this is why this is so important for you to just be like aware and conscious of what's happening, even when you're sleeping, to be like, that's a really interesting dream that I've had. Like, for instance, I think it's like car crash. If you're having a dream about a car crash, it's because that's actually like there's tension happening in your life. And so it's actually your subconscious trying to be like, hey, you really need to deal with this stuff before it ends in, you know, a crash, Mm. right? Um, And again, I think as well, it's really important to just recognize, like if you wake up and you feel 
this overwhelming sensation of that was a bad dream. Do I need to reach out to this person? Do it. Yeah. Like if there's that little part of you that's like, I think maybe there's no truth in it, but maybe you'll just reach out instead, mm. then do that. Because it's just, I think the more that we allow ourselves to follow those little nudges where that part of you that you might not always trust that says, I think I might need to do this thing. It's that turning up with the dial that I was saying before. I mean, I've had, I've had these experiences, even just waking where I just have this knowing drop in of just like, okay, this person, something's going to happen. They should not do this thing tonight. And I've reached out and, you know, I use discernment with myself. I'm like, okay, do I reach out? Do I not reach out? Yeah, cool. Reach out. Because again, I've built that trust within myself of like, if I get a knowing, it's probably needs to be shared. Yes. Yeah. And following through with that, I think, and that's the thing that's going to help you, um, like you said, turn up the dial. Because often we have these gifts, but when we're either too scared or we're too heady about it, we don't turn the dial up. We don't tap in. But going back Mm. to the dreams, it's so interesting. And I fucking froth this topic as well. I always have. I don't know the statistic exactly, but like we are constantly dreaming. But what I hear a lot from my clients is I don't remember my dreams, um, which Mm. we thought. But I often say, you know, those dreams that you have and like you wake up and, you know, it could be three o'clock in the afternoon and you can still so vividly remember that dream. You might even feel it like, you know, whatever emotion came up for you, like, holy shit, I'm absolutely floored by this dream. I often feel that they're the dreams that often carry some sort of messages. So talk to us a little bit about, I guess, your understanding of messages from spirit coming through in dreams and why we also might not remember our dreams as well. Yeah, I think I totally agree that those ones that we do sort of feel more deeply about are those ones that are more meaningful. What I've definitely found within myself is the more that I talk about it, the more it sinks in the more that I remember it. So I've actually worked with clients who are very, very vivid dreamers and they're just like, I I wake up and then I start to forget it. I'm like, start a fucking dream journal, right? The moment that you wake up, write that shit down because what you're actually starting to train your brain and your subconscious is when I have a dream, I want to remember it. Right. If you're the kind of person that's having a lot of, a lot of nightmares and you're you're subconsciously telling yourself or even consciously like, oh my God, I don't want to remember these, you're not going to remember it. Right. Your your subconscious is going to want to protect you from that. But if you do kind of want to like venture into this space more. Um, so for me, I do not so much anymore, but I used to do quite a lot of astral traveling mm. while sleeping. Um, but it was very energetically draining because I didn't really know what I was doing. So I stopped myself. Um, and, but again, what I was kind of like doing through that when it was happening, I'm like, Hey, I, I'd sort of come out of that state and be like, what did I just experience? What, what can I take from that? So I was starting to train my, my subconscious to keep this information. Um, but yeah, I think with those ones that do really sit with you and, and that message really stays like, I don't believe in coincidences. And I think that's why it's so important to write this stuff down, to be like, if this feels really fucking important, write it down, reflect on it. Don't just go to Google and ask, what does this mean? Right? I fucking, (laughs) like, like, because 
it's going to mean something different for everybody. So use your intuition to be like, what does this particular dream make me feel? And what memories are coming up for me as I'm experiencing this? And that's going to tell you what it's potentially relating to. Don't fucking refer to Google for everything. I I love Google, but it has its moments. It has its moments and it's going to be generic as shit as well. And yeah. To what you said before, it's it's a way we kind of give away our power to, and we can get lazy with it and be like, okay, yeah, what does Google say? Ah, oh, butterflies symbolize X, Y, Z. But yeah, if we can mm. actually with it and really trust ourselves with why it's coming up, um, it's it's a really important part of the intuitive development for sure. And you've mentioned astral travel a few times. Mm. For anyone who doesn't know what that is, please explain what that is and how to know if you're astral traveling. Yeah, so astral traveling is basically you can in, you can intentionally practice and end, you know, actually astral travel, but most people will probably be doing it unconsciously. So basically when you sleep, your consciousness will leave this plane and enter another one, okay? So some say that this is what we're experiencing when we dream, right? It's just us when we're astral traveling. Um it can be quite exhausting which is what I was experiencing. I was constantly tired. And that's when I realized that I was leaving my body while sleeping. So I started a practice when I would literally tell myself before going to sleep, keep me in my body. I want to be well rested. I'm here to have a human experience, not fuck off into the cosmos every night, Um, which basically stopped it because you are in control. So you can do that. Um, A lot of people like to do it to, again, with a lot of training, this wasn't wasn't something that I was doing, but you can go and visit other people in the astral realm. You can go to other places in the astral realm. Um, But what most people will be experiencing is just like deeper levels of like dreams where you just, there's just like a different frequency to it. What was happening to me and the reason why I realized this was I was actually waking up and I wasn't really waking up. So I was waking up and, and starting to sort of like get out in my day and then I'd wake up again and I'd be like what the fuck just happened and I was like okay well um I need to get this under check because clearly I'm leaving my body at night and I'm not enjoying this yeah wow and as you spoke about that I actually just realized how much I used to and still do but when I was younger I don't think I realized what that was, but holy shit, even how you spoke about how you think you're waking up, but you're still, you know, in the dream or whatever, that used to happen all the fucking time to me. And it used to be scary stuff though. Like this is the weirdest shit ever. And I don't think I've ever spoken about this on the podcast and my family still laughs at me about this, but I used to have, so I used to watch Mr. Bean all the time. We used to love Mm. Mr. Bean, right? But when I would go to sleep, like, early primary school, I used to have the most hectic dreams about Mr. Bean and like proper nightmare material, but he used to always be chasing me. But often I would try and wake up and I would still be waking up in the dream and all this stuff would happen. Mm -hmm. Mr. Bean has anything to do with astral traveling. However, super fucking interesting. And for anyone that's wanting to practice kind of leaning into this a little bit more you mentioned like actually being in control and having those boundaries which I think is 
really important. And I remember being given this advice to kind of set those boundaries and be like, okay, usually spirit guides, you might be coming through at 2am and dropping all these downloads. And this is when I need to sleep. Mm. So please don't do that. What are some other ways you can kind of set the boundaries if you are aware that you are becoming quite consumed with, with this sort of stuff? Yeah, I think it's something that a lot of people get quite scared of when they're especially especially if you end up being a clam, uh, sorry, a, a psychic medium and, and you do have a lot of, you know, deceased people, spirits yeah. visiting you, P- people can definitely, I mean, I've had times when I've had a full day of reading and I've forgotten to close down and I've forgotten, you know, I've forgotten to say, hey, spirits, stay away from me. And I've actually had a, I've had something pull my leg while yeah. I've been trying to fall asleep. Um, so boundaries is so fucking important. Otherwise they do just feel like they have free reign in, in your life. As I said before, like you're in control. So uh, tell them to fuck off, right? And hold that conviction inside of you. So for me, my bedrooms are no go zone. This is no no spirits, peace out. And again, I still will murmur, especially if I'm, I can feel if there's someone around me. So if I feel like there's someone intruding in my space, I will literally say, please leave me alone. I'm trying to sleep or I'm trying to work. Like you are not welcome here right now. The only exception that I sort of have with the universe is like, if someone's dying and I need to fucking know, then you come and disturb me. Um, Because I do, if if someone's passing, I would, I would want to know that. Um, But besides that, your girl's a human. She's trying to sleep, leave her alone. I think a lot of people think that spirit um, has power over us right? And that they're in control and they can just do whatever they want, but that's not the case. So if you are experiencing, you know, heightened feelings around energy and stuff, and it's becoming really, really overwhelming, A, just tell it to leave you alone. B, close down your chakras. So one of the things I get my clients to do is to basically visualize their seven chakras, just like closing up and shrinking up right? So that your aura is closed and so that you're not feeling and experiencing life outside of your body too much. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And I love that you said like, this doesn't need to have power of you or be more powerful than you, because I feel like this is often why a lot of people fear this sort of Mm. stuff, because it's like, oh my God, you know, there's this really negative connotation, but if you're able to have those energetic boundaries and those spiritual boundaries. It doesn't have to be like that. And like you said, your girl's having a human experience, needing mm-hmm. to get her eight hours sleep, you know. <laughs> and it's very important to me. Very important. I am nightmare material if I don't get at least like seven and a half. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, what was I going to say? Oh, now I've lost my train of thought. What I would love for you to go through, Cass, is... Mm different spiritual tools and things that can help you lean more into your psychic gifts. So I know you mentioned tarot was something that you felt really pulled and drawn to. For myself, it's oracle cards. I don't know why, but I don't feel fully drawn to reading tarot cards. Um, Talk to me a little bit about what kind of tools um, and, and practices can maybe help with enhancing your connection. Yeah, definitely tarot and oracle cards. Like Anything like that is, like you said, it's a tool. So what it's doing, it's just enhancing the gifts that are already there. So whether you're reading tarot or oracle, it really doesn't matter. The point is you flip the cards and you trust what comes through. Yes. Right. When I started doing tarot, I didn't, I hadn't 
hadn't really done a well I did like one free masterclass for somebody and I was like seems easy I'll just fucking do it I'm like whatever <laughs> right um I was like cool these numbers mean these things let's just go I I didn't even realize but I just I wasn't even paying attention to them I would pull a card over and there would be this clear cognizance knowing of this is what this person needs to hear right but it was it was a, a safety blanket, right? It was it was a crux that slowly but surely I was able to kind of like lean away from. Mm-hmm. That's why these tools become so important because they do get to just kind of be like a bit of a crutch for you to lean on. But all it is is just enhancing um, your natural gifts. I think the biggest thing really is just like working on your vibration and your frequency because, as I said, like the point is uh spirit energy is obviously at a higher frequency and so all a psychic really does is kind of like brings their energy up into that so that they can tap into that energy so you're going to struggle to be connected to spirit if you're in like a low vibration right and that's as simple as just like making sure you're drinking all your water eating decent food exercising right three simple easy shit things to do. Um, but even just like clearing your mind, the biggest block to your intuition is your ego. Oh, right. Yeah. And like, so when I'm teaching, cause I do, I teach, um, how, like how to read the cards. I'm like, you've just got to open your mouth and let spirit speak. And unfortunately most people just can't allow themselves to do that. So above all else, it's ego work, which is why I still talk about the psychicness and this, you know, spiritual teacherness, because it's really all just the same. I'm just telling you to like, okay, how do you be a more conscious psychic human being? Do the work, like work on your ego um, and just start to trust yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And funnily enough, as you were saying, talking about the tools and the tarot cards and stuff, because I had a reading with you, was it last week, late last week? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Incredible. Cass is amazing. But I noticed that I don't think you were using cards. Were you? No, no. No, I didn't actually. Cards. And, you know, that's a testament to you being pretty fucking tapped in and connected and not needing to use that tool. So I love that you said that it can kind of be a bit of a crutch and Mm. yeah, again, a tool to enhance it. But I think if we're wanting to continue to evolve and expand, not being, I guess, too reliant on it. And you do. And I think that's what happens. A lot of people uh, will uh, flip a card and read the book. What is this book? And it's like, "Mm, girl, what does your intuition say? Because um, even, uh, I actually just, I actually just removed tarot readings as an offering. Cause I'm like, I barely even use them anyways. Why am I even doing it? Um, but what I've seen so many people do that I've worked with is they're, they're so reliant on what that definition of the tarot card is. And I'm like, that's just a symbol mm-hmm. of how deeply you don't actually trust yourself. Because the moment that that card flipped over, I'm betting you that there was something drop into your awareness, but you've just completely blocked it out. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And I always encourage my clients and I've literally got um, shameless plug, a masterclass, angel cards and angel energy, learning how to read your cards intuitively. But I always encourage the clients to challenge themselves to just get rid of the guidebook and just Hmm whatever messages come through. But usually, as you would say, happen all the time, 
the fucking headiness, the ego, we overthink it. Am I just making shit up? Did I actually think that? All of that starts to come to play. So having, I guess, those little um, self-care, energetic practices and hygiene practices, all that sort of stuff, even just sitting out in the grass, getting some Mm -hmm. sun, all of the things that are going to kind of help you feel more grounded before approaching these tools and making sure you're approaching them with integrity as well and not like, I don't know about you, but prior to me realizing that I had a psychic gift, I used to go and seek out um, psychics and get card readings, but it was always from a fucking place of desperation. Like, tell me the Mm. answers. Am I going to end up with this person? Is this relationship going to work? And it's just the worst way to approach it. And when people book in with that energy, I don't know about you. I can feel it. No fucking thanks. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting because I actually, I was probably a year or so into being a psychic myself before I got my first psychic reading. (laughs) Like, really? Yeah. I never had a tarot reading or a psychic reading before I picked up a set of tarot cards. Um, And it probably wouldn't have been until, so that would have been, yeah. So probably about 12 months after that, that I was like, maybe I'll get my own reading, you know, but I do, I see it all the time and I've spoken into this a little bit, um, you know, on my, my podcast and, and my socials and stuff, like, don't just come to me because you have a problem, yes. right? Don't just come to me because you have a problem and you want me to solve it or, or you want to know when, you know, the love of your life's coming. Yeah. Come to me when life is feeling good, but you know that there's something that the universe needs to direct you to do. Cause that's really all that a psychic reading does, right? In my opinion, the way I operate, I can tell you who's coming through and, and, you know, who, who the love of your life will be and how many kids and all the things, yada, yada, yada. Honestly, that fucking bores me at times. I want to find out how can we get you to your highest fucking timeline? How yeah. can we move you in a way that is actually going to change your life? Um, and kind of like, you know, move you to that, to that next level within yourself. Yeah. And this is so fucking crazy that you've only just had your own reading, but also I guess a little bit of a testament to you trusting your own abilities though, and having Mm. the awareness of not being so reliant on seeking externally for these answers, because when we're, I guess, vibrating from a lower frequency and there's that force and resistance and fear and desperation That is when we're going to be like, give me the fucking answers. When's this person going to come? What's the timeline? And I find it so disempowering. Like even if someone, I've had a reading before where I was told something and a timeline of when it was going to happen. And all Mm. it did was actually make me anxious because it, it wasn't my business to know that then, if that makes sense. Like I was with someone, it was going absolutely terribly, but this psychic said, by the end of the year, you're going to be engaged. And I was like, lol, what the fuck? That makes no sense. And if anything, that is just ludicrous. And why would that happen? And I started to actually almost fixate on that. And I feel like I changed my timeline, I guess, based on knowing that. And you would see that a lot as well, I I imagine. Yeah. I mean, even myself, like I, when I got my first reading, I was starting to question my marriage. So it was one of the things Mm -hmm. I'm like, look, kind of what's happening here. And she's like, oh no, like, um, no, you guys are going to be together. I can see your kids and I can see you're even going to buy a house next year. And I can still very vividly remember the tarot cards that she used. 
Um, she interpreted it one way, but also that could also have been interpreted to you're going to end your marriage, which I did six months later. I didn't take what she said because ultimately I knew in my heart of hearts that that relationship was done. And it's one thing that I actually always stress to people. I'm like, this is what I feel, but also you are the creator of your reality. So Mm -hmm. ignore everything I said and trust yourself. (laughs) And this is actually why I've had tough times about being a psychic because I'm like, how can I truly know exactly what's going to happen when you can wake up tomorrow and change your entire timeline? Yes. Yeah. So it can be a bit challenging, but it also is like go into a reading and come into it in an empowered space to be like, what can this person bring through from spirit and what can I take? And everything needs to be taken with a grain of salt, a bit of discernment. The smallest little things could completely change your life. Yeah. I find. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like it's one of those things, I mean, for me, the best readings usually are when you go in and it's just that clarity and it's just like, you didn't say anything I didn't already know. Let's be real. Mm. It's just the clarity and the confirmation. All right, cool. Like I, and I always say you should never leave a reading feeling worse off than when you came in or more anxious or stressed or less on path or unsure like that's to me personally an indicator of maybe someone who's not holding the right space and you know not approaching it with integrity personally 100% I've said to so many people that you have a reading with me and I really shouldn't be telling you anything that you don't already know Mm -hmm. um because intuitively you know this stuff and all I'm doing is tapping into the field and I'm now a very physical representation of your intuition that you can't fucking ignore. So I'm going to give it to you straight and maybe you won't ignore what the universe has been trying to tell you for six to 12 months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I can, and I can fucking see it when I, and I go, you're not going to want to hear this. And I say it and the look on their face is like, I knew that. And I've been fucking ignoring it. I'm like, well, you can't ignore it when I'm sitting here staring at you, telling you to pull your fucking head out of your ass and do the thing. Literally. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny how this comes through with cards. Cause I see this a lot, like a certain card that you keep fucking pulling Mm. and it's like, out of the 60 cards or 100 cards or whatever, I keep pulling the same fucking card. I can keep slipping it back in the deck, but there is obviously something I need to lean into. And if we try and bypass it, that shit's just going to keep popping back up. Yeah, card or not, the thing's going to happen. Yeah. But it's like, are you going to allow yourself to be prepared for it? Because that's really, in my opinion, that's all my intuition gives me. It, it allows me to be a little bit prepared for what's what's going to come yeah yeah as you were talking I just remembered the thing I had a mental blank about for anyone listening Mm. you can hear me sniffing but I'm a little bit snotty and congested and gross so my brain's a bit foggy what I was gonna say though is there's a lot of there's this theme I see often when people are starting to really lean into their spiritual development and raising their awareness all that sort of stuff you can often see sometimes that spiritual superiority, there's that, but then there's Mm. also forgetting that you're a fucking human having a human experience. And yes, we can tap into the woo-woo and we can, you know, connect with other things, but we still need to know when to have the boundaries and bring it back down. We can't always be living up in the fucking Mm. cosmos, like you were saying. So what's your advice for someone who's maybe feeling a little bit consumed at the moment by this, this 
um, journey that they're on, what is, what's your advice to them? Simplify it, get rid of the shit, right? Honestly, uh, when I first stepped into this space, I was like, okay, I'm going to get trained in all these different modalities. I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to be doing, you know, Reiki and the cards and I'm going to be like tapping into the 5D every day and yada, 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 yada. And then, yeah, you just, I felt disconnected from this life. And that's what, you know, when I was talking about what tools can you use? Um, Yeah, sure, use some tarot cards, use some oracle cards, but also just work on yourself, work on your vibration, that's going to give you or create more kind of like motion in your life than anything. You know, ultimately, as we said, like you're here to have that human experience. And so uh, make sure that you're looking through things from a human lens. I'm a very, very deep thinker. And so my automatic response to anything is, okay, why the fuck did I co-create this? And I'm like, no, sometimes it's just a human thing. Sometimes shit happens, Mm. right? But also holding the duality of there's always a reason, right? And I think that word duality becomes so, so important. And I speak so heavily into this of like, everything is going to be super deep and super spiritual, but it's also just going to be human. All right. Then just pulling yourself out of all the different things you've got yourself entangled in of like, okay, well, I have to do all of this spiritual woo-woo stuff every fucking day. And instead just be like, what does my human, like, what is my body? What does my soul need from me today? Mm, I love that answer. And essentially it's, I mean, really balancing the doing with just the fucking being, which is, being. At, which a lot of the time people don't know how to do (laughs) if we're getting them kind of cross but when I often say to clients I think we're doing too much and trying to overcompensate and we need to actually just be and just feel joy and presence and feel some shit you know um that I think is once we can kind of master that everything else kind of opens up and you'll notice as well like sometimes when I'm just being complete humanness going for a walk and not thinking anything, that's when the most insane intuitive downloads um, and creative ideas and things will drop in. Yeah, because you're being, not doing. That's right. right. We are human beings. I definitely the same. Like I think that the less that I do, like I'm a very grounded human. It's something that's continuously, um, you know, reflected back to me. And I really do think it's because I'm not out here trying to work on my vibration every day. I'm not, I don't read tarot cards every day. I don't talk to my spirit guides. Um, I just sort of like sit, be, exist and spirit just flows through me. Life goes, flows through me from that. And because I'm not doing these things, I just end up being these things. And that truly has been the biggest change for me. Because as I said, when I even just like the way I used to step into a psychic reading 12, 18 months ago before having a psychic reading, I was like, okay, it's half an hour before the call. I need to be in my room. I need to be locked. I need to have my, like, you know, my music going and I need to say my prayers. I need to connect with my team. And there was a whole fucking process. Now I'm like, fuck, I've got five minutes. Let me sit down. I'm like, all right, bro, let's go. Because like I've created a connection within myself that I don't need to do all that shit. Unfortunately, spirituality has been turned into this big like thing when it's actually just who we are. Yes. Yeah. And that's where people get it fucking twisted. They think it's this 
box you fit into or this category and it's meant to look a certain way. And I find that so fucking disempowering because it's like, Mm. that's just us trying to fit again into a box and try and do more or overcompensate when, again, like we said, it is purely just the being. Drop in, fucking connect to your body and the rest will flow. We are spiritual beings naturally. That is is it. That is it. Cass, you are the best. Thank you so much. Before we finish up, um, for anyone listening, how can they find you? How can they work with you? Yes. Um, So basically everything is inspired by Cass and that's Cass with a K. I've got a podcast, Instagram, TikTok, website, all the things. I do readings. I have a membership. I do courses. I do all the things. Like I said at the beginning, my mission here really is to help elevate the collective consciousness. If you're interested in being more psychic, the step towards that is just about being a more conscious human being. Um, So if that interests you, then yeah, reach out, see what we can do. Yes. Thank you so much, Cass.